Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. On July 13th, 2018, one of my church members from Agape House New Testament Church woke up at 5.30 a.m. and discovered something was terribly wrong. Her car was missing. She'd driven home the night before, parked the car outside her house, and gone inside for the night. But now, at 5.30 a.m., the car was nowhere to be seen. She and her family quickly said a prayer for God's intervention. They asked God to lead them to the car. Then they made a formal complaint to the police and waited for God to act. Unbeknownst to our member, the thief who stole her car had driven it away at about 2 a.m. with the intention of taking it to Accra. But along the way, he got into an accident with the car. The accident wasn't too serious. In fact, the accident disabled the car but did not damage the car. So in the middle of the night, the thief called for towing services. But of course, the thief didn't have any cash on hand to pay for the towing. So the thief negotiated to take the vehicle to Accra and settle the bill later. At first, the service provider agreed. But for some reason, he later changed his mind. Rather than towing the car to Accra, the service provider insisted that a mechanic should be called and an inspection made of the vehicle to discover the extent of the damage. So they waited till morning to get mechanics on site. But before the mechanics arrived, a radio announcement went out and the driver of the towing truck heard that the car was stolen. He immediately sent the stolen car to the police. At 8.30 a.m., exactly three hours after my member discovered that her car was stolen, the police called her to report her car had been found. God had miraculously answered her prayers and found the car for her. It was a remarkable recovery. That's why I'm here today to declare to you that our God is a God of remarkable recovery. There is nothing that is lost he can't restore. There's nothing that's been taken that he cannot bring back. And that's the message in our sermon today, a sermon entitled Remarkable Recovery. As we come to the conclusion of our double-double sermon series, we're going to study one final miracle from the ministry of prophet Elisha. It's the story of the Shudamite woman and the remarkable recovery she experienced when her dead son was raised back to life. In her story, we're going to discover the keys to unlocking remarkable recovery in our own lives. But before we do that, Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you today that you are the God of the miraculous. You are the God of remarkable recovery. You are the God that can bring the dead back to life and you can bring anything back to us that we've lost. Today, stir our hearts with faith, fill our minds with truth, show us the path we must take to recover everything lost in our lives. We submit to you now, we bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to move in us, to change us for your glory. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I invite you to join your faith with me right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Truth For Today. I'm so glad that you've joined me to hear the word of the Lord today. For the last four weeks, we've been learning the keys from the life of prophet Elisha so that we can enter the double portion of God's anointing. Elisha is the double, double prophet who asked for and received a double portion. And we've learned a lot from this great man of God. In week one, we learned that Elisha attracted God's favor due to his courageous commitment. In week two, Elisha taught us to participate in our miracles in the sermon, Peculiar Provision. In week three, Elisha set us on the path of destiny with his example of vivid vision. And there are so many more examples and truths we could learn from Prophet Elisha. In fact, there are so many miracles from his life, it could take us to the end of this year to study each one. But there's one final truth we need to learn before we say bye-bye to Elisha. To truly experience the double-double life, we need to learn the truth of remarkable recovery. See, the fact is, we've learned a lot about how to move into new levels and how to obtain new blessings. But no matter how much pours into your life, when there's a back door open, you won't increase as you expect. If God pours in, but the blessings are also pouring out, then there may not be any noticeable improvement. If you have it all, but are losing it all at the same time, you won't make any progress. And this is the problem for so many of us. It's not that God isn't blessing us. It's not that you don't see answers to prayer. It's that as the answers come in, problems cause blessings to flow out. You take one step forward and one step back. You take two steps forward and two steps back. And when you think about it, you realize that this is a problem for everyone. For the fact is, every single person alive is in recovery. Everyone on this earth is either recovering from something or needs to recover something. And how you approach recovery will determine whether you achieve your destiny. See, when Adam and Eve fell into sin in the garden, they lost their position on earth. They lost their intimacy with God. They lost their identity. They forfeited their destiny. And the work of God from that time till now has been to bring us back to recover what was lost. Redemption is the process of recovery. It's God's work through Christ to restore our identity, our authority, and our destiny. See, remarkable recovery comes to restore what was lost, regain what God intended, and retain double, double blessings. That's why you need to understand the steps to remarkable recovery. So to help us learn the truth for today, we've prepared sermon notes. The sermon notes and the daily devotional for this sermon are available free of charge on all my social media platforms and on my website. So go ahead. I encourage you to download the notes and follow along with me as we discover the truth about remarkable recovery in the story of the Shunammite woman. Our story begins in 2 Kings 4.8 by introducing us to a Shunammite woman. On one of his visits to the area, Elisha came in contact with this woman and her family. And God touched the life of the woman to provide hospitality to the man of God. May the Lord bless all those who provide for the man of God. And everybody said, Amen. 
And Elisha began staying with this woman and her husband any time he came to town. And because of her generosity, the man of God was moved by the Lord to help the woman. So in verse 14, we pick up the story. Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again, Elisha told him. When the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, Next year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. Sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. What a wonderful story. What a great miracle. The woman had no son, but God saw her need and blessed her with a son. God himself gave her this child. It seems to be a story with a very happy ending. But then, suddenly and surprisingly, things take a turn for the worse. One day when this child was older, he went out to help his father who was working in the fields. Suddenly the boy cried out, my head, my head hurts. They carried the boy home to his mother, but he died around noon on that fateful day. So the miracle child of this Shunammite woman died And the Bible tells us that immediately this woman got up and went to the man of God. She told Elisha what had happened. And Elisha returned to her house with her. Now let me read the rest of the story to you from 2 Kings 4, 32 to 37. When Elisha returned, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi. Call the child's mother, he said. And when she came in, Elisha said, Here, take your son. She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. What a powerful story. What a remarkable story. Recovery, and inside this miracle, we can learn the keys that will take us to our own remarkable recovery. So today, let me share three steps to remarkable recovery, and here's your first step. Go back to the right source. See, when her son was taken from her, the very first thing this woman does is go and see the man of God. She doesn't go and tell her husband. She doesn't call a doctor. She doesn't hire a lawyer. The first thing she does is go back to the source of what was lost. She goes to the God who gave her the child. That's what the Word of God tells us in 2 Kings 4.22. The woman told her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. See, the Shunammite woman had received her son as a miraculous gift from God. 
There's no question, there's no doubt that it was God who gave her this boy. She knew that this son was a gift from the Almighty. So the first place she turns to when she needs remarkable recovery is to go to God, the source. She knew what we need to know today. If God gave it to you, then God can get it back for you. See, if you know that what you lost came from God, you know that he can recover it and restore it to you. But to get a remarkable recovery, you have to make sure that what you lost came from God or was yours to begin with. And this is the problem for many of us. Sometimes we're chasing recovery that is not meant to be. God delivered you from a problem and you won't let it go. I learned that lesson the hard way. Many, many years ago when I was working in Nigeria, we had a young pastor in our ministry serving under me. I had trained him from the very beginning, and I believed that he had great potential for the kingdom of God. But after a few years in ministry, he came to me and told me he wanted to resign and leave. Well, I believed he had a call. I believed God could use him at Agape. So I pressured him to stay. I spoke to him and persuaded him, and eventually he changed his mind and continued working with us. But then, about five years later, this very pastor caused a major problem in our church. He split away from us and took a lot of people with him. The man I had trained and raised up betrayed me, and I learned a very painful lesson. God was trying to deliver me from a problem, but I wasn't willing to let it go. So here's what we all need to understand today. Maybe that thing you've lost is gone because it wasn't from God. Maybe you've lost something because God is trying to deliver you. If what you've lost didn't come from God, then you have to let it go. If that relationship is not from God, let it go. If you lost money in an unethical business deal, then let it go. You won't recover what you lost if what you lost did not come from God. But when God is the source, you can go to him in faith for full recovery. Remarkable recovery begins when you go back to the source of what you lost. In fact, that's what Jesus tells us in Revelation 2, 4 to 5. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. So listen to what Jesus is telling us. To recover what was lost, you have to go back to the source. You have to go and do again what you did at first. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of a woman in the USA named Angela Sartin Hartung. In October 2013, Angela Hartung was crossing the street at York Avenue and 72nd Street in New York City when she was struck by a car. She was hurled to the ground and knocked unconscious. When the ambulance rushed her to the hospital, they realized she'd suffered a severe brain injury. And the extent of the damage was discovered when Angela woke up from the coma. It was 2013, but Angela woke up and thought it was 1998. Her entire memory from 1998 to 2013 had been erased. She remembered nothing from those years. She even thought her daughter was a two-year-old child, even though her daughter was actually a teenager. Worst of all, Angela did not remember her husband, Jeff, at all. She had no memory of him, his face, his name, their wedding, nothing. 
She was married to a man who was a complete and total stranger to her. Angela could not act like a normal wife to a man she didn't even remember. Angela and Jeff had a choice. End the marriage or go back to the source and start again. Angela's husband, Jeff, was not willing to let his wife go, so they went back to the source and started again. Jeff started to rebuild their relationship. He took her out on dates. He started courting her like he did when they first met long ago. He started treating her like a woman he was pursuing. He went back to the original source of their love, and Angela fell in love with Jeff a second time all over again. So on June 19th, 2018, the happy couple renewed their marriage vows in New York City, not far from where Angela's accident occurred. When Angela lost her memory, she lost her love. But when her husband took her back to the source of their love, what was lost was recovered. And so it is for us. If you need recovery, go back to the right source. If you'll turn again, God will restore you. For that's the powerful promise found in Deuteronomy 31 to 5. Here's what will happen, God says, when you and your children come back to God, your God, and obey him with your whole heart and soul according to everything that I command you, then God, your God, will restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you were scattered, no matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back to the land your ancestors once possessed. It will be yours again. He will give you a good life and make you more numerous than your ancestors. And I'm here to declare to you, my God is a merciful and loving Father. Turn to him. He will restore everything you lost. He will have compassion on you. He will pick up all the pieces of your life, no matter matter where you've gone, no matter how far you've fallen, no matter what you've lost, he can give you remarkable recovery. And I'm here to tell you today, God can restore it back to you. No matter what has happened, it's not over. God is going to bring it all back. He's the God of the remarkable recovery. Somebody shout amen. And if you'll go back to the source, you can recover it all. That's what the Shunammite woman did. She didn't go to her husband for help. She didn't go to her family for help. She didn't hire a lawyer or sue for divorce. She ran to God. And so it is for all of us. See, you can trust God, or you can pursue the battle in your own strength, but you can't do both. You can rely on God, or you can fight in your own strength to get it back, but you can't do both. For God doesn't fight for those who insist on fighting for themselves. That's why David says in Psalm 26 and 7, Now this I know, the Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And I'm here to tell you today, you can trust in man, or you can trust in God. You can trust in yourself, or you can trust in God. You can trust in a lawyer, or you can trust in God. But as for me, and as for my family, I will trust in God. I will return to the source so I can recover what has been lost. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Prayer is the difference between your best effort and God's best effort. If you want God's best, 
You've got to go to God in prayer, trusting in him alone. You have to come to him in faith to depend on him and him alone. You have to have an attitude of faith. And that leads us to our second step for remarkable recovery. Go with the right attitude. When disaster struck, the woman turned to God and she turned to him in faith. Listen to what she said in 2 Kings 4, 23. But she said, it will be all right. When faced with tragedy, the woman didn't blame her husband. The woman didn't start seeking revenge. She didn't try to blame the auntie in the village or the witch. She turned her attention to God. And here's the truth you need to learn from this woman today. Don't focus on who caused the problem. Focus on who can solve the problem. Because you can't fix the problem when you're always fixing the blame. When you need remarkable recovery, you need to focus on God. It doesn't matter who killed your child. You need resurrection power, and that comes from God. It doesn't matter who poisoned the stew. You need healing, and that comes from God. It doesn't matter where the attack is coming from. You need deliverance. There will be a time and a place to sort out the source of the problem. But when you're desperate, when you need remarkable recovery, you need God. You don't need to know the source of the problem to recover. You need the solution to the problem, and that's God. It's like people who try to cast out a demon, and then they ask the demon his name. They say, you lying devil, tell me your name. What? If he's a lying devil, then how do you know that he's telling you his real name? You don't need to know the name of the devil to cast him out. There's only one name you need to know to cast out the devil. You need to know the name of Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. You only need to know the name of the one who's put Satan under your feet. You only need to know the one who's above all things. You need to know Jesus. That's what happened to this Shunammite woman. She didn't look for the source of the problem. She was looking up to the solution. She had her eyes on the Savior. That's why she spoke faith. She repeatedly tells people, it's going to be all right. In verse 26, it tells us, yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. Don't you think those words were the exact opposite of what she was feeling? Don't you think her mind was yelling, everything is not fine. Your son is dead. But she got focused on God and kept up her faith. I'm sure the devil was lying to her. I'm sure doubts were attacking her faith. But she kept saying, it is fine. It is well. It is fine. It is well. See, the truth is, when you lose something, there's always going to be a little voice that comes and tells you, you'll never get back what was lost. The devil will tell you that you've lost it for good and you'll never get it back. That's a lie from the pit of hell because God can help you recover from anything and he can help you recover anything. That's why the Bible advises us in Job 5, 8 and 9. But if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. That's the very scripture verse that our own pastor Adeline Mensah from Agape House claimed and stood on when her family faced a serious attack. Back in 2018, there was a terrible armed robbery attack at Pastor Adeline's mother's house. A great deal of damage was done and a lot of money was lost. The thieves had gone through her mom's drawers and pulled out all the envelopes where her mother kept her cash. All the hard currency and all the Ghana CDs were taken. All that the thieves left 
were the empty envelopes scattered around the room. As Pastor Adeline's family prayed, they put their trust in God. They looked up to him as the righteous judge, and they appealed to him. And God gave them the Bible verse we just read in Job 5. And so based on that, they left it all to God and trusted him. And soon after the prayer time, Pastor Adeline's family experienced a remarkable recovery. Her mother was in her room one day when she noticed some envelopes at the head of her bed. Wondering where these envelopes had come from, she reached up and took the envelopes. And to her great surprise, the envelopes were not empty. In fact, when she opened the envelopes, all the money she thought she'd lost was inside. All the hard currency, all the Ghana CDs, everything the thieves had taken was inside the envelopes. Listen to Pastor Adeline in her own words. All of us testify that she lost the money. We testify that we saw the empty envelopes. We testify that mommy kept the empty envelopes. We testify that the envelopes are now filled with cash. This is the same God who was able to provide a ram instead of Isaac for Abraham's sacrifice. It's the same God that we serve today. We give him all the praise and we give him all the glory. I don't know how. I don't know where the cash came from. But I know my God can do anything. He's the God of the remarkable recovery. That's why I say together with Job, if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him, for he performs wonders that cannot be fathomed and miracles that cannot be counted. When the devil comes to tell you that you'll never get it back, appeal to God. When the judge tells you that you don't have enough evidence, appeal to God. When your husband tells you the marriage is over, appeal to God. When the doctor says you'll never walk again, appeal to God. When the embassy says you'll never get your visa, appeal to God. When the banker says you'll never get the loan, appeal to God. Appeal to God and don't stop appealing. Pray to God and don't stop praying. That's why Luke 18:1, Jesus told his disciples that they should always pray and never give up. And if you need remarkable recovery today, make a decision to be more persistent than the devil. If the devil is after your children, be more persistent in prayer to God for them. If the devil is after your money, be more persistent in prayer to God. Just say, I am more persistent than the devil. Don't give up. Don't turn back. For Galatians 6, 9 says, do not let yourselves get tired of doing good. If we do not give up, we will get what is coming to us at the right time. That's what the Shunammite woman did. The woman said, saddle my donkey and let's go. Don't stop. Don't slow down. Don't turn back. She would not quit till she got what she came for. She laid hold of God and his promises. And today, I challenge you to do the same thing. Believe in God. Trust in him. Go to him. You can depend on him. You can cry out to him. For the Bible says in Nahum 1-7, the Lord is good when people are in trouble. They can go to him for safety. He takes good care of those who trust in him. Somebody shout, amen. You know what, friends? A lot of us look at this woman and wonder why God would give her a son only to take him away. But I think we misunderstand God. People often say, God won't give you more than you can handle. 
Have you ever heard that before? Even pastors preach it. God won't give you more than you can handle. But you know what? That's not true. God gives you more than you can handle. God gives you more than you can bear so that you can hand it over to him. When you've got more than you can handle, hand it over to him. When you're at the end of your rope, call on Jesus to take over. For he comes to rescue and recover those who depend on him. The self-sufficient get no remarkable recovery. But those who trust in God recover it all. That's why you have to take step three in order to get your remarkable recovery. Get into the right atmosphere. When Elisha got to the boy, the boy was dead. Religion couldn't raise him to life. Rituals couldn't raise him to life. Anointing oil from Israel couldn't raise him to life. Water from the Jordan River couldn't raise him to life. Elisha knew that only the breath of God Almighty could raise the dead boy. So listen to what the man of God did. In 2 Kings 4, 32 to 34, the Bible says, Elisha laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And in his action, we see the key to what we need from God. We need to be face to face with God. We need to get so close to God that he breathes on us. We need to get so close to God that he's all we see. All we feel, all we hear, all we know. For the fact is, the presence of God is all you need. When God comes down and breathes on us, everything is put right. That's why Jesus said in Luke 4, 18 to 21, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Somebody say, on me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You need the Spirit of the Lord on you. When the Spirit of the Lord is on you, there is good news. There is freedom. There is recovery. There is favor. Every recovery you need, every blessing you long for is all found when the Spirit of the Lord is on you. Somebody shout, on me. See, we aren't here for religion. We're not about rituals and traditions. We don't want gimmicks. We just want Jesus. We're here to meet with a living God. For Hebrews 12 says this, Unlike our ancestors, you didn't come to Mount Sinai. You've come to Mount Zion, the city where the living God resides. You've come to Jesus who presents us with a new covenant, a fresh charter from God. He is the mediator of this covenant. And that living God, God wants to come face to face with you, eye to eye, mouth to mouth, hand to hand. For when you come into the presence of the Lord, you are free and you recover it all. One moment, one touch, one encounter with God and you will never be the same. For 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18 says, The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And our faces are not covered we all show the Lord's glory, and we're being changed to be like him. This change in us brings more and more glory, which comes from the Lord, who's the Spirit. His glory brings life to whatever is dead, and the dead come to life. The lost is found. The missing is recovered. That's why David prayed in Psalm 63, O oh God, 
You are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Hear his desperation. Hear the anguish of David. God, I need you, he cries out. The place I'm in is dry. The place I'm in is a weary land. But you, God, are the solution. And how did David know God is the answer? Because he had seen his glory. Listen again. I've seen you in your sanctuary, David says. I've gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. David said, I know it to be true because I've seen it for myself. God is enough. His power, his glory are enough. So what does David do? He praises God. Listen again. How I praise you, David said. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. I will rejoice in God. And that's what we need to do right now. No matter who you are or where you're at, if you'll praise him, you'll see his glory and his power. You'll enter his presence and he will satisfy you. His mouth to your mouth, his eyes to your eyes, his hands to your hands. He will be your helper. His right hand will hold you securely. He will bring you remarkable recovery. Father, we come into your presence right now. We ask that you descend upon us. Everyone watching and listening, put your mouth on our mouth. Put your eyes on our eyes. Put your hands on our hands. Let us draw near to you. You are the source of everything. And so we come to you in faith. We come to you in praise. We come to you in the atmosphere of your spirit. Give us remarkable recovery. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Lagon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.